Matthew chapter 5, verse 21. Does it feel like you're in a Baptist church? Up, down, up, down. No fried chicken after, but maybe we'll work on that at some point. All right, just read along with me. I'm going to read. You just listen, but read along with me. You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Rekha, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you're... If you are offering your gift at the altar and remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, go and reconcile to them. Go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. Verse 25. Oops. Good. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who has taken you to court. Do it while you're still on the way, or your adversary may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. Father, in Jesus' name, we come under the authority of your word. We are here to, to hear your voice this morning. And Lord, we're going to hear it through your word today. Just ask that our hearts be prepared for a good seed to go in. Lord, that we would allow this seed to go in and to take root and to change us. Father God, we are here to change. We are here to say we do not have it together and we need help. Help us, Holy Spirit, and teach us in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Again, let me just continue to say what I'm preaching on. The Sermon on the Mount. This is Jesus' teaching. Right? Say right. Thank you. Okay, I was wondering if you knew. So, why does Jesus, right coming out of the Beatitudes, why does he start with anger? It's not by coincidence. Why does he start with anger? I think it's because it's the most common of our challenges And it's bigger than any that follow. As I said last week, you don't have to teach a two-year-old how to be angry. You don't have to teach a 20-year-old how to be angry. Do you? Now, you remember, I believe that the Beatitudes are kind of these flowers that are trying to come up in our heart. But here comes these five or six challenges, these weeds that come at us. And this one's number one. These challenges is anger. And you know, it goes all the way back to the Ten Commandments. You shall not murder. But you know, Jesus is saying, don't go quite that far because the beginning of murder is anger. We don't want to get to the end result. We want to get to the first result. Where did it start? And Jesus is saying, again, if you've been following as we've been teaching in the Beatitudes, Jesus is dealing with our heart. The spirit of anger has consequences inside you. What it does to your soul, it affects your circumstances and the people and relationships around you. Now, we touched on this last week, and I'm going to finish it today, but anger is such a big deal. It goes even farther. You, not only are you going to have problems, but you're going to be subject to judgment. How many of you use the phrase regularly, don't judge me? You know what Jesus would say? Then deal with your anger. You don't want to be judged? Deal with your anger. 
You don't want to be judged? Don't judge. Man, that'll preach. I don't know if you'll receive it or not, but it'll work. Don't judge. What Jesus is saying is that if anger is not held in check, it will escalate and cause you so many problems, extreme problems, all the way to the civil and criminal court level. You know, if you go and sit in on court, you'll see that most of the problems are due to anger. They're rooted in anger. So, as I start on new material this morning, how does the spirit of murder or the spirit of anger operate? Well, I think we all know it operates on so many levels and stages, and it springs up in so subtle of ways. And that's what Jesus is trying to say to you is, don't take this lightly. Because it's a spiritual cancer that will begin to get very aggressive. If you get a small amount of anger, it will grow and spread rapidly if not resisted. How many times have you noticed that you've gotten angry at a little thing and the more it's festered, the worse it's gotten? Something that wasn't a big deal all of a sudden is a huge deal. And nothing changed. The circumstance didn't change. Why? Because this anger is growing. Think about somebody asking you a simple, safe question, but you respond sharply and angrily. Let me tell you, I do it. I get asked a basic, non-threatening question, and I'm threatened by it. If I can stop and think for a minute, I'll realize there is no threat behind that. But it's so easy. Your perception is off. Amen? Can we take things wrong? Of course we can. It touches a nerve. And Jesus is saying this is everywhere and that's where it starts. Being agitated easily with people. Something that's said around my circles is that's annoying. You're annoying me. Mom, she's annoying me. Complaints versus gratitude. I mean, we all do it, but those are expressions of anger that we've got to keep in check. We yield and we stumble. But when we address it and when we war against it, that cancer will stop growing. It will stop. And you know what? It is so common in marriages. Something that is so common in marriages is speaking with an angry tone. Who here can have a mood? What about sarcasm? Sarcasm's kind of funny sometimes, isn't it? It is to the person saying it. What about a critical attitude? How many here is critical? Don't raise your hand. criticizing everything nothing can ever be right what is that that's a pessimistic attitude and you know there are so many people in this world that won't trust others because their hearts are guarded and shut down and that's because of anger it's because of a seed of bitterness it's the refusal to be involved in, involved in things that are the will of God in their life. 
So many times we end things, we end relationships, we end Bible studies, we end going to church because of what so-and-so did. You know what that is? Now, I want you to catch this. It is the spirit of murder. It is killing your relationships. It is killing your future. It is killing you from doing the will of God in your life because of something you've let get in. You know, if I choose to be angry, that's my choice. I've chosen that. You can't make me angry. You can't. Only I can do that. Are y'all with me? Anger's a choice. You can do something horrible to me and me not get angry at you. Or you can do something sweet to me and me get angry at you. You ever had somebody do something sweet and you got mad at it? You're just wondering, what are they up to? They're up to something. I know you do it. I do it. What are they up to? And you get angry over them blessing you. Maybe it's just me. I don't think so. Can I say to you, I wouldn't throw out the will of God for my life because somebody made me mad. But that's what we do. I said last week, something I try very hard to say is, that situation's not going to rob my joy. You can't have it. And man, everything comes at us to not just steal our happiness, to steal our joy. Happiness is a temporary thing. Joy is a permanent thing. You can't have it. You can't have it. I've got to make a decision. You can't have it. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15, I think is one of the most insightful passages on anger. And you know, the spirit of murder won't just kill relationships. It'll kill your job. It'll, it, it'll, it'll kill your marriage. Hebrews 12, 15. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to there. Bitterness is the spirit of murder and has developed beyond an introductory anger. Bitterness is anger times two or anger 2.0. When you have bitterness, the cancer is really aggressive and it causes really bad problems down the road. Sometimes right even then because the emotions of anger are being expressed in words then followed by actions. Look at Hebrews chapter 12. Looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. Now, maybe you don't follow that wording, but let me just hang, hang in there with me just a moment. This begins to give insight into the spirit of anger which is the spirit of murder. And so the Hebrew writer says, look closely because it's subtle. You won't see it on your own and anger and bitterness will sneak in. Others will see it in you and you'll see it in others, but you won't see it in yourself. And you'll just dismiss it by saying, well, I'm just a little annoyed or frustrated. We think of our failures When we think of our failures, we typically have flattering terms like, I'm frustrated. Now catch this, we've messed up or we've had a tough situation come at us. I'm tired, I'm a little annoyed. Do you hear what's common in all that? Me, me, me. No, no, no. 
No, you're letting something sneak in on you. Me, I've got problems with what's just happened. These things are trying to attach to me. However, when I see it for what it is, that it's a spirit of anger or a spirit of murder, the, the Hebrew writer says, be diligent because you won't see it coming. Be diligent for two reasons. Number one, as a born-again believer, as a spirit-filled believer, you can come up short of the grace of God. We can miss it. I mean, you love the Lord, you're serving God, and you're going to heaven. He isn't saying you aren't, you're not going to heaven. He's saying you will get defiled. Something will get in there. Walking around and you're the king's kid, but you're living like the servant. Because you're carrying around baggage. Be diligent. We're so accustomed to having a dull spirit that it doesn't even trouble us. And anger, when it is allowed to grow, will eventually explode. You know how the enemy works, though? The enemy teaches you how to justify your anger. Teaches you how to just live with it. It's just who you are. And you know what? Your spouse starts to live with it. Can I tell you who won't live with it? The Holy Spirit. Your wife may be okay with it. Your kids may be okay with it. The Holy Spirit's not okay with it. And to be honest with you, your wife and your kids aren't okay with it. Living in anger. You know where it comes from sometimes too? Is defensiveness. We're defensive. Or sarcasm. Or we go on strike on relationships. Or we're unwilling to be involved in various things in our life. This is a spirit of anger. And church, if we don't deal with it, it will not go away. The Hebrews writer says, number one, you could come up short in your experience as a God, with God as a born-again believer. But number two, it goes beyond that. Bitterness has a root. It has a root system that develops underground. It grows everywhere in your inner man, but then it springs out to where everyone can see it. How many of you know people that have an angry spirit? Why? Because it's, it's like a weed that's grown out of the top of their head and you, you can identify it. If you ever wondered, do I have one of those weeds growing out of my head? It's a good question. It's the way anger works. It starts with bitterness. And it influences your paradigms, your mindsets, your emotions, your decision-making. Your, your anger, your spirit of anger will affect what you buy. It'll affect how you live. It'll affect your decisions and your actions, and it will cause you trouble. Now, anger doesn't just cause trouble when we're standing before God. It doesn't just cause trouble by causing our heart to be emotionally or spiritually imprisoned. You know what happens? We get stuck. Are you stuck? When we get into anger, it causes so many problems within our entire life. It causes so many problems that we don't see. And Jesus is trying to say, it's causing problems in your personal life, in your circumstances. 
And if you don't get a hold of it, you're going to get in trouble with the law. And then ultimately, you're going to get in trouble with God. You're going to face judgment. It then goes on to say, it's not just going to trouble you, but it's going to trouble those around you. And you know, I think the primary place where anger runs rampant is in the home. Even godly homes who love Jesus. The husband speaks in a sarcastic tone. In a demeaning way. And then she answers back in criticism or in sarcasm herself. Next thing you know, you have got something spinning out of control. Uh, Elizabeth and I are reading a book called um, Love and Respect. It's a marriage book. And it talks about getting on, I think it's the crazy cycle. One starts, the other responds, then the other responds, and the other responds, and the other responds. And you can't get off the, you're like a a rat in a wheel. You can't get off because you you keep going forward. At some point, the crazy cycle's got to stop. Why not it be you? Why not you make the first move? Well, she just makes me mad all the time. Well, he makes me mad all the time. Well, somebody's going to have to grow up and put their big boy pants on and do a big boy thing. Change that dirty diaper, put on a clean diaper, and go do the right thing. Because it doesn't just affect you. It stinks. Everybody can smell it. I am not kidding. Your anger smells. It's defiled you. You know, if you could smell your anger, you'd probably change the diaper. Lord, help us smell our anger. So we get on the cycle, and we've defiled our hearts, and our hearts become imprisoned. And it happens to so many people that love Jesus, the way they talk to their children, the way they talk to one another, the way their family cultures permit bitterness, and it's treated as normal. They engage in defensive sarcasm and hurtful insults. My youngest child, nine-year-old, we will be in a circle. We'll be talking, just talking about something. She'll ask a question like, what did that mean? And I'll respond in a sarcastic way, and she'll go, sarcasm? (laughs) And she doesn't mean it funny. She's like trying to say, something didn't feel right about that. Now, are you making fun of me, or what's the problem? Now, she is the bluntest, most straightforward child ever. I love her. You don't get anything by her. But she just goes, sarcasm? And you know what? It puts me right where I'm supposed to be. Nine-year-old. I didn't even mean it. Didn't even think about it. I just responded in my normal, natural way. And she's like, that hurt, Dad. She doesn't say that. She doesn't have to say that. That hurt. And you got to have a nine-year-old to wake you up. But how many times do we do that as adults? And the adults are thinking, that hurt. But I'm used to it. I'll just keep on going. But that hurt piles up. And it's out of our mouth. Normal. Jesus is saying, if you let this thing get verbal, 
anger will escalate. Don't let it out of your mouth. And you know what we're doing? We're passing it on to our kids. My kids didn't just invent sarcasm. My kids didn't just invent it. They've learned it. They've learned it from me. You know, the man says, well, my wife doesn't mind that I talk that way. She's okay with it. That's a lie. Won't you ask her? She'll tell you. But it goes on to say, whoever is angry is in danger of judgment in the courts of God and in the courts of men. Your anger has got to get under control. And you know, he uses the word anger, or he uses the word danger four times. And then he says, you're vulnerable to greater trouble if you don't repent of it. If you repent, the cancer will stop. But if you don't repent, it's going to continue to grow until you've got some problem on your hand that you can't control. When anger grows in us, others are wounded, relationships are broken, even sometimes sickness comes on us because of anger. So what's the answer? I'm going to wrap things up here. What's the answer? First thing you got to do, you got to operate in the opposite spirit. You got to put your big boy pants on and make a decision to do the right thing. And that takes the Holy Spirit. That takes discipline. You know what that takes? That takes death. We've been learning on Wednesday night about yielding, denying yourself and taking up your cross. You know what denying yourself and taking up your cross is? It's dying to your will for God's will. You do something to make me mad, I got a choice to take up my cross or to die. Or take up my cross and die or to get mad and throw it back at you. I got a choice to make. And that responsibility is no longer your fault. Now it's my fault. My response is my fault. Your response is your fault, not the person that just made you mad. Man, that, that was the word. That's the word I needed. How can I handle being angry? My response is my fault, not yours. Thank you, Jesus. I'll take it. Who needs help with anger? Me. I am not, I'm not a, I don't need anger management classes, but there are times we need anger management. Maybe you do need anger management classes. Go. Get free. Put your pride down and go get healed. What does the Lord say when you're bringing your gift forward? Have you got anger issues? And are they because of what's come out of your mouth? Go get it right. Put your offering down and go get it right. Put your offering down and go get it right. Leave your gift at the altar. Now, you're not responsible for everybody that's mad at you. Do you know Jesus made a lot of people mad and he didn't do anything? He didn't do anything wrong. However, there are some people that are mad at us because of what has come out of our mouth. What did the scripture say? When you have said fool, when you have said reka, when something out of your mouth has caused, out of your anger, out of a spirit of anger has caused hurt, that's what you've got to go fix. 
Somebody say amen. amen. Leave your gift at the altar. Can you see how big this is? This is a time of worship. Your heart, you're wanting to express your worship and you're giving money, your time, or adoration. You're presenting your gift to God and God says, well, you've got to understand that my relationship to God is linked to my relationship to you. My relationship, Pastor Paul's relationship to God is linked to my relationship to you. The relationship to God is out of order when my relationship to you is out of order. You cannot have a full, perfect walk with God if, you do ha- if you've got problems with your neighbor. It goes both ways. So what do we do if we mess up? Go make it right. The Lord has given us easy instruction to go get free. The thing is, we won't do it. We'll go do it. Admit it. I got, I got issues. I hurt, I hurt my wife. I don't want to say regularly, but I do, out of my mouth. I did it yesterday. I don't know if I asked you to forgive me. Forgive me. I love you. You love me. Your heart, your heart is so toward me, and I take things wrong all the time. And I'm sure I can look out here at y'all, and I've taken things wrong from y'all. Forgive me. i got a lot of friends out here that I've rubbed wrong. And I want you to know, some of you have rubbed me wrong. I forgive you. We're just going to get through this. And you're not going to rob my joy. And I don't want to rob your joy. Don't walk around carrying baggage with me. If I've bothered you, you come and talk to me. Remind me. Hey, you hurt my feelings right here. Good. I need that off of me. Forgive me. Tell me what I did again. Okay. Good. Thank you for telling me. Because that wasn't down deep in my heart. It was down deep in yours. And you know what? You know what's going to happen? You're going to get free. And they're going to get free. Who needs free? God wants you free. Ephesians 4.26. Shoot. Wait. Real quick. Agree with your adversary quickly while you're on the way with him. Who's your adversary? Your enemy. Agree with him. what, What it's saying is don't let bitterness and anger keep you from getting free. Agree with your adversary. You know what happens? You know what happens? You know what your adversary is? Is that root of bitterness in your heart. And you know what you're doing? You're agreeing with it so you can hang on to it. Agree with it quickly. You know what, anger? You're wrong. You're not supposed to be in there. I'm going to go figure out what my problem is and go get this right. Because I don't want to be delivered to the judge. I don't want to be thrown into prison. How many of you are prison in your anger? Now, I know, I know there, there are some here. Don't lie to me. Don't lie to God. Get free. Assuredly, I say to you, you're not going to get free until you pay every last penny. Got to pay the piper. Pay today. And you know what when you do? It was that fast. You can have it today. 
It's free. Say free. free. Let me tell you something. It's not free. It was paid. It was a huge price that was paid so that it could be free for you. You're carrying around bitterness and anger. You know what the Lord's saying? I died for that. I died so that you wouldn't have to carry that around and hold that against your brother. Quit holding it against your brother. Let him free and you get free. Stand up with me and let's pray together. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, I just ask you right now to reveal, reveal the anger in our heart. Reveal it to us, Lord. And Lord, give us courage to run. It says to go quickly. Go quickly and get this right. Lord, what have we spoken out of our mouths that have been hurtful? What have I let out of my mouth that has been hurtful? First of all, Father God, forgive me. And Lord, show me who these people are that I need to get free from. I don't want to live a life in prison because of my anger. Lord Jesus, I have received you as my Lord and Savior. And I receive every provision of that salvation. And part of that provision of that salvation is being free of my anger. Are you here today and need to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Right where you sit, just say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. I give you my heart today, Jesus. Save me. You know, the scripture says that all that call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Would you call upon the name of the Lord right now? We sang it over and over and over. Jesus, 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 Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is healing in the name of Jesus. There is freedom in the name of Jesus. Church, say Jesus. Get used to that. Jesus. Jesus. I just want to open the altar to anybody that needs prayer for anger. And I'm just going to open this altar for prayer for healing, prayer for marriage, prayer for finances, prayer for relationship, prayer for prayer for whatever. Have you got best friends that you have broken relationship over anger? Have you got marriages that are struggling because of anger? Have you got relationship with your kids or with your parents because of anger? Church, set them free. Set them free. Those that are ministering with me, come on down. We want to pray with you. And as Miss Tammy sings, I just ask you, give the Lord your heart. Let him show you what you need to do. He will show you. He will show you as we sing.